Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk. We hope you're doing well this mid-Feb... Well, actually, it's the end of February now that I say that. But uh, It is. I was about to say mid-February, but uh, time... Were you just like referring to February as mid? Mid-February is kind of mid. mid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as exciting as January, uh, all the newness. And then March is spring. I think March you talked about how February was mid. Yeah, so and this March is, is spring. And it's spring break, yeah. So it's mid-mid. This is the mid of the mid. So. It's the mid-February. Speaking of mid of mid... Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I was just kidding. I was trying to like make that funnier, but it, I was just, it's, you're not mid. There's nothing mid about you. How you doing, buddy? Oh, man. <laughs> it's just a joke. Was, just a joke. Was, I'm recovering from that. No, still. no, no. I wonder if people can tell when it's morning recording or afternoon because we definitely sound way more tired in the afternoon. Yeah. I and, mean, you know, we moved all of our staff meetings to mornings because of this reason. <laughs> like, no one's just working at their best. Like, everybody's just better kind of like mm-hmm. staying in their lane. I read lane a book and... called At Your Best by Carrie Newhoff. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And talked oh, about well, that. right. And maybe that influenced some of the things that you're talking about. Maybe so. Yeah, because I was so. kind of mid at some of those <laughs> meetings. <laughs> I just, you know, afternoon meetings, everybody's like, what are we doing? And, you know, it's just better to go in the morning and get how, going. How are you in this late February, February 27th to be exact. Um, you know, it's not mid. No, no. So, uh, (laughs) last week, uh, we just, uh, got, um, our second born, his driver, his, uh, not driver's license, his learner's permit. So we've been doing a little bit of, uh, letting him drive over the weekend. So what was not gray of my hair hair. uh, is, is gray now for sure. Uh, no, he's, he's a great, he's, He's responsible and he's learning. And I feel I, it's good that there's a healthy dose of, of fear, you know, uh, in him yeah, about driving. So I'm like, you know, he's doesn't, he's not, you know, gung ho, like I got this. He's, he's trying to learn. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's how we're doing. Everything else is going all right though. Yeah, yeah. I just, I think we could debate healthy dose because the fact that you told him, if you cross that line, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> Do it again. That, see what that, That's a little, I don't <laughs> know that that's healthy. healthy. Should we, should we discuss There's that? There's a dose of talk? fear, not a healthy dose. We should do a boggy talk on healthy dose of fear. That <laughs> healthy would be dose good. of fear. Remind us. You know what I'm also happy about today? What? I have my own microphone. Oh, you do. We have to share. <laughs> We're not breathing our coffee breath over each other. Somebody who was like watching the first boggy talk that they've ever watched was very amused by that. So. <laughs> they were like, my t- Also, I was like, wait, that's the first one you've ever watched? Yeah, why? I've known you for years. That's right. That's your first. They said they're going to be a part of the boggy talk faithful. So we'll oh, see sweet. if they hear me saying this. Hey, a few weeks ago, uh, we talked about Super Bowls and I mentioned Bill Zink and he texted me yesterday. Whoa. He's like, I, I didn't let him know that. I, and he texted me. So Bill, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for and watching, here's Bill. Here's your second we shout you, out on Bill. Him. I know. We it was so you, good Bill. to see you a few weeks ago when you guys stopped by. Um, have fun in South Florida. Um, so, hey, why don't we just dive in? We've Let's, been talking yeah. about, we've, we've been, been talking about, about 10 minutes here. <laughs> that's right. People are like, get on with it. Yes. 430, 430. Yes. Um, so, uh, we've been talking about vision, We've about God's vision, our we vision. Have. And uh, we're going to dive into some uh, vision specific to marriage uh, next week. We are. Uh, but this week, we thought we'd or just talk are. about God's <laughs> You'll be gone, but I will. Uh, and uh, so this week, we're talking about God's vision and the vision of the church. Uh, and you would think that those would yeah, be one duh, and the same. <laughs> those would be one and the same. Yeah. But are they? Uh, and mm, so we're going to talk mm, about that let's today. Let's talk about it. So, um, and I think really when we talk about God's vision of the church, let's just, what I think that the ideal, what, what scripture prescribes is the church, God's people on mission, uh, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and lo, I'm with you always, even at the end of the age. All that you've commanded us? 
all that he's committed. Oh, that, you know, uh, no, yeah, that, you quoted uh, it right. That, I was okay, just, okay, yeah, yeah, wait, 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 what? Just um, want to clarify. Okay. Uh, I'm just going like, to clarify everything. This is the clarify episode. Yeah, we're going to nuance yeah, every everything. word. Um, nope. No, there's there's not time. Uh, so that's the mission of the church. It is, yeah, uh, to to make disciples and yeah. what glorify uh, God, right? Yeah, that will look differently based off of context and culture, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but we're going to talk specifically about um, that's God's vision for the church <clears> to <throat> you know make His name known to make disciples. Yeah, uh, and then really, how do churches get sidetracked in this? Uh, in this vision, in God's vision for the church, Satan. <laughs> I don't know. Could it? That's going to be our answer to every question. Could be Satan, uh, sin. <laughs> oh man, yes, all those things. Pride, envy, lust, greed. Yeah, uh, everything. I mean, gluttony. Yeah, all. All is that? All, all seven all of the sloth. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. All right, Brad so thanks. Pitt. Next week on Boggy Talk <laughs> wasn't Brad, Brad Pitt in that? Yes. He wasn't. Oh man, what a Morgan what Freeman a gruesome movie at the end. Oh, what a gruesome. What am movie. I even talking about right now? I don't seven. know. Uh, it's the okay. afternoon. So, so yeah. How do, how do we get sidetracked? Well, I think it's nuanced. Uh, I, I do think that most people, so you got the crazies, right? Who like, yeah. this is my, like building my kingdom. I'm going to do this. But I think most people start out with good intentions, right? Like mm-hmm. whether it's a leader in the church or staff member of the church or, or a person who's a part of a church, like they want to encounter more of God. Mm-hmm. They want to, they, they, or maybe they just have a need, right? And they see God as the answer to that need. And somewhere along the lines, uh, that gets off track. And, and, and I think, you know, uh, we can talk about that in several different ways. I think I think one way, uh, and I sent you these, so we'll yeah. talk about these ways. Yeah. I think one one thing, and I think we've experienced this in the history of this church, and we continually fight against this in our church, is being activity-driven versus mission-driven. Mm-hmm. So we just like yeah, do a bunch of stuff, and in Jesus's name, yeah. and it's not really doing anything to accomplish the kingdom of God, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's all kinds of different reasons for that. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's just, um, you know, it's it's that we feel, I, I guess we're not asking the important question, are we really, Bob Roberts says, the two questions every church should be asking, you know, uh, how are we making disciples and what kind of disciples are we making? Ooh, and I think... That those two questions, we usually neglect one of those. Like we were right. usually like, hey, yeah, this is what we are gonna do it. But then like what kind are we making? That's a great, great question. I think, you know, I it's easy, it's easier to do activities because it it, is. the busier we are, the yeah. less time we have to really evaluate and think critically. Yeah. Uh and also, I mean, there is there is a feeling that comes with activity, like if it's and if we feel like it's producing something. Uh, It is. It's about feelings. Uh, And if we feel like it's versus whether it actually is. And so I think this is important for us because um, churches, I think, oftentimes can do too much uh, and not really accomplish a lot. And then churches can often like maybe not do enough of the right things. Uh, One of the Mm -hmm. things that I've talked Mm -hmm. with some of our staff about uh, recently in terms of our activities and the the things we're doing – is really if we're planning an event, like if we're putting an event on the calendar, what we need to say is, okay, so what's the goal? What's the goal of this? And if we can't clearly articulate a goal for this event that's in line with our mission and vision, we then need Canceled. to ask, <laughs> should we do it? Yeah. And and maybe we should maybe it's a great idea. And maybe the just asking what's the goal? Because if the goal is, well, we just want to have fun. 
there can be merit in that for a church, but is it the mm. best? Mm. You know, we have mm. to, those are the decisions we have to make as leaders, right? Uh, so if we can't articulate what the goal is, then then the next question is, okay, should we be doing it? Uh, and we, we have to really apply that across all of our ministries. Yeah, and I th- I th- yeah, it's not a black and white, you know, answer, you know, because some of the things you do as the church, right, like, does this add value? You know, I, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. a, it's about, you know, we're having fun together. We're enjoying each other's company, you know, all those things. Like, I don't think everything has to be like super serious, you know, right, even, yeah. but, but I think the things that aren't super serious are done with the serious in mind. Mm-hmm. So, so, but, but, but I just think we need to recognize that function doesn't mean mission, right. And that activity right. doesn't mean mission. And, and that feeling good about doing something doesn't mean you're actually doing something. Mm-hmm. And I just think you have to acknowledge that. You want to go on the next one? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So tradition. Tradition versus, versus mission. mission. Man, the way we've always done things right. uh, can get in the way. And and that doesn't mean that the way we've always done things is wrong or bad, right. but we should always be evaluating the way we're right. always doing right. things right. to say, is is there merit in improving or changing? Uh, not, you know, I think we have to be very careful here in helping people like understand we're not, when we talk about tradition, we're not talking about like orthodoxy. We're not changing the tradition right. of the scriptures or the right. beliefs. We're talking about practices. Yeah. There are healthy things yeah. about traditions. Great, great. So great, great. Let's go both sides. So one, one example I would say of like where you can't compromise is like, I do think a a lot of Christians devalue gathering with the local church now, mm-hmm. um, but that's prescribed for us in scripture. So like, you know, people would say to me like, Hey, well, you know, we may not come to church that often, but we're, we're on mission with our travel team or we're on this or whatever. Hey, the scripture says to gather yeah, together. So exactly. like, I, that's where I have to be like, for me, you know, who have, you know, a, a kid that could be on a travel team for a sport. And I'm like, how often are we going to have to miss? I feel like that's crossing the line. Like we're just not going to be all in with that thing. And so, so I think like that, that would be where we say, okay, you know, um, we're keeping a God, a scripture based tradition, Mm -hmm. but I do think music, um, is one of those where Mm -hmm. music style. And I'll say this one, since you're the worship pastor, like, Mm -hmm. um, and let me let me back up and say when I talk about mission here, I'm not talking about doing music that attracts non Christians. I'm talking about having a music style that helps your believers worship. Because I right. have said before very clearly, I don't think you design worship services worship services to attract the church. You design worship services to propel the church right. to do to live on mission. So thinking, hey, this music style is what I'm comfortable with, or what they sang 150 years ago. Like I don't understand that. That's mm-hmm. And, and back, because that's not what they sing in the Bible, right? Like, and so I think like this comes back to what you said about activity is feelings, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I just think we need to recognize here how much feelings plays when it comes to a lot of our traditions. Yeah. And again, traditions can be great things, but also we can't elevate the tradition above right. the mission. I, right. And like, think about, like you said, like the gathering of, of together for worship, like that's, that scripture tells us to do that. I think of like elements, even of the worship service, like a com- communion, like that is a tradition, but it's also prescribed. Like Jesus says, do right. this in remembrance right. of right. me. What's maybe there's traditions surrounding how we do that, that right. can change. It doesn't change the fact we, we won't we, neglect 
taking communion right, together. Right. And we're actually doing that more this year as a church because we recognize, hey, we've, we've probably not been doing this as much as we could or should. Uh, but the method and how we distribute and there's some tradition and we all, because of our different backgrounds, we all bring traditions with yeah, us and expectations. Yeah. And so if we elevate that above like the importance of observing the tradition in that over the actual what we're doing. Right. Uh, and that that could be for any element of of the church, really. But, so what I would say is I think what happens back to, you know, activity, you feel like, hey, we're doing activity, we're good. So you neglect the mission. I feel like you could also say, hey, we're doing traditions that make me feel good, mm-hmm. make me feel like I'm connected to God. So we start to really a- stop asking is this what, are we doing what God's called us to do? So I think that can happen as well. Mm -hmm. Next one. All right. The next one is growth versus mission. And I think this is a great one to uh, talk about because uh, everybody wants their church to grow. That's not true. Until it grows. And then they're like, no, I don't want it. Because we want to keep things the same. I mean, some people are, yeah, you're right. Some people are like, yeah, I don't want it to grow. But most driven people. Yeah. Like, because it, you know, and people want to be. It's exciting. It's exciting, you know, and, you know, like you can't just say healthy things grow because unhealthy things do grow too. Uh, and I, but I think if a church is healthy, it will grow because people are uh, mm-hmm. not, you know, like our discipleship essentials of people <laughs> are worshiping, worshiping, serving, uh, growing, giving, they're going to reach. And if we're reaching people, like the church is going to grow. Um, but we can then become pragmatic in growth and mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. will cause us to mm-hmm. grow rather than what will cause us to fill, fulfill our mission. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of churches uh, have to, f- we have to fight that tension. We have to mm-hmm. fight that tension here. Mm-hmm. There's things we could probably do that would make us grow faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is that what's right? Is that what's healthy? Uh, you know, healthy, healthy things do usually grow slower than yep, quickly. You're right. That's uh, a good point. So I think, uh, you know, I remember reading a book about a pastor in Atlanta who was talking about his church versus another church. Another church grew really exponentially, and his church is a very large church now, but grew very slowly. And he talked about having like fighting the feelings of jealousy, but also knowing he had to make choices for his church to help them grow healthily, which meant slower, but healthily. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, mm-hmm. and they're, I think, probably doing better than the other church that grew exponentially because there's healthy systems and healthy leaders in place. Yeah. It's interesting that even the human body, sometimes when people grow really quickly, it yeah. actually comes with complications. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's not the healthiest thing, mm-hmm. you know, so that that is an interesting find. Yeah. I, I've been watching the Secrets of Hillsong on FX. Dun, dun, dun. And, you know, I think that's an extreme example of this, but it is where they just, ex- the answer is always expansion. And in it, you know, uh, one of the pastors talks about how um, their staff was just like, but like falling apart. And the lead pastor was like, Hey, but it's expansion, it's expansion, expansion, like mm. suck it up, figure it out, like all those things. And I, and I think like, you know, I, I, I think that in America and Western culture, like we feel like bigger is always better yeah. and faster is always better. And like, this is not true, mm-hmm. you know? And so again, our desire should be growth. We plan for growth. We evaluate why we're not growing, but at the end of the day, like, you know, a, we need to trust the Lord, trust the Lord and do it the Lord's way. So I think mm-hmm. this is where the problem really happens is when growth becomes the metric by which we measure everything, we compromise scripture. Mm. We compromise people, uh, which is compromising scripture. And so, you know, I I definitely, I've I've said to you guys before, like, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, in in 2024, like I'm sensing maybe this won't be a year where we have grown as rapidly as we have over the past several years, because there's just a need for uh, us to catch up, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as staff, as leaders, uh, bringing in some new leaders on, change some things, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so I think that, um, 
Nothing in particular. Yeah, no, no, you know, be, be looking out. Yeah, yeah, people exactly. are like, what? Like, what? No, you know, no, it's so, just really catching up. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a great so, way to say so that. So, again, yeah. And yeah. I think, too, a part of it is like culturally in the West. I mean, maybe this is more universal in the West, but I'll speak to our American con, you know, like everyone likes to win. And so, all I do is win, win, win. I was just thinking that, like, and so, even, and, and so, sinfully, uh, as a church, like, or as Christians, we're like, if we, if our church is growing, we feel like we're winning and maybe, and like, we had this competitive, and that, that's not what we need mm-hmm. or want. Mm-hmm. And we, it, it does, like, if we're a part of something that's growing, it feels right, it feels good, but it might not be. And so we really have to say, is our growth healthy? I mean, churches can grow for very right. unhealthy right. reasons. And so ultimately it comes down to like, are we growing because we're fulfilling the mission yeah. that God has given the church of making disciples? I'm getting ahead of us, but one of the, I asked what we can do reactively and proactively. I think this is important. Like, I do think that there needs to be, there need to be people who are questioning the senior leaders of your church and their motivations, mm-hmm. um, that they're not doing anything from selfish ambition or conceit. And then at the same time, I think we need to ensure as a member of our church that like we're not putting pressure on our leaders to perform, right? Mm-hmm. And and to hit metrics. And I think and not that we can't question numbers start a conversation, they don't end a conversation. Not that we can't question, hey, why isn't this ministry growing or whatever it might be? But I but I do think we have to be just aware of the the heart, especially if you have a younger leader, you yeah. know, uh, to prove himself or herself, you know, in in ministry. Um, and then uh, don't put that kind of like be okay with like, hey, this is a season where maybe things aren't advancing. Yeah. But again, even in career, like you take that back to career world, like Mm -hmm. to think, Hey, I'm not going to take this promotion is almost like foreign, right? Right. So many people. Well, and yeah, exactly. And and in that you do evaluate and you do try to discern what's the reason, what's the reason, but you are essentially resting in the fact that like growth isn't, uh, earning favor with God. You know, it's like it's so that's important for us to remember. One more here. All Unless right. Do you have any more? No, I mean, I'm sure we could, you know. Consumer. <laughs> yeah. Consumerism versus mission. versus mission. And man, this is probably the most we are, we're all by nature sinners. And by sinners, we are selfish. And so we like to consume. And so we need the Holy Spirit as individuals and collectively as a church, that we would not be a church that uh, is full of consumers, but rather be consumed by God. Like I've heard that. Don't be a consumer, be consumed, but um, really be consumed by the mission. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you should preach that. I'm sure no one preaching in the summer. That's right. But I think like, we just can't be selfish in this. And that doesn't mean that we don't have needs and that we can't, you know, like have our needs met in the church, but it ultimately needs like, you know, Paul writes in Ephesians. This church just isn't me. Yeah, exactly. It's not meeting my needs. It's not feeding me. You know, like we cannot approach this as, as believers. We cannot approach this as consumers, but we're, what are we contributing toward the mission? uh, And how are we really giving our lives for that? Yeah. I mean, this one could be a whole series of podcasts, you know? Mm. Um, I think that, the consumer mindset just can't be what is dri- driving the church, you know. Right. And 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 I think as a leader, and even I, I, as a as a congregation member, you're going to have friends that are consumer driven, and so they come to your church, right? And you're excited. They they get they are a part of what you're a part of. Yeah. And then they're like, well. The youth ministry isn't doing this, or the children's ministry isn't doing this, or the music isn't this, or, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't have this specific thing I'm passionate about, you know, and then you feel rejected when they don't like what you'd like, right? Mm -hmm. Like, 
and and this is so deeply emotional to you, yeah. right? Because like it's one thing if you love Disney and they don't like Disney. You're like, oh right? yeah, whatever. Yeah, less people there. Okay. You know, one thing if you like Ford and they like Chevy, you know, and all, I've never gotten and all that. But like <laughs> that used it's to be another the thing, thing when this thing that has impacted your life so yeah. deeply, mm-hmm. somebody's like, nah, the one up the street's better or down the street's better or you know, in the Cross next town. Or I watched yeah, this yeah. a lot. Yeah, all those things. Yeah, or mm-hmm. watch that. Yeah. That's a whole other <laughs> That's thing. a whole anyway, other Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, you have one, it kind of comes back to being at peace with like what God's called you to do and what he's called you to be a part of. Um, and really recognizing like, this is part of all of us and we have to fight it. Uh, I mean, we could probably, we can make lists of all the different ways that we're consumers. Uh, but ultimately like we are called as, as Christians, we're called to to be contributors. You know, yeah. That's how I, we fulfill the mission. In a, in a few weeks in a sermon. So if you're a boggy talk faithful, you're getting oh, inside uh, here sneak we go. Inside peek scoop, here. Inside scoop. Bonus content for five bucks, you know. Uh, no, listen, <laughs> I'm talking about uh, the scripture that says do everything without complaining or arguing and, you know, whatever translation you would use there. And I'm going to talk about how, like, I think it's just so strange that we have Google reviews of churches, right? <laughs> and, and like, it's one thing that you have one star and five star, right? Like five star, this is my church family. I love it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then this is the one star like, hey, I hate this church because of, you know, what, whatever. I disagree because LGBTQ+, plus, whatever it might be. Like you get that, right? All the things. The four stars and three stars I don't get. Yeah. You know, we we were uh, at a church down in South Florida one weekend together. Remember we looked it up and like yes. the first review was like the pastor is moderate at best or. Yeah, you it, know, was, it was. And it was, was like, like, this guy's a great pastor. I it was know, just like, like, yeah, it was obviously someone very disgruntled. But yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I just think that's just so strange. And that's the world we live in. And so we have to be aware of that and we have to fight against that. There are people who, you know, come to me all the time and like, hey, we're not here. And this church is here. And I'm like, hey. I don't know that we're ever going to be there mm. doing that. Yeah. And B, if we are, it's not right now. Mm. Like they have multiple more staff members, you know, or they've focused on that. Um, and for whatever reason, that's just not who we are right now. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm just at peace with that. And if that means like that's a deal breaker for you, then that's a deal breaker for yeah. you. I, I will say it is disheartening how transactional yeah. it can feel. It can sometimes. Absolutely. Especially when, as a leader, you're like, yeah. oh man, like. Come on, yeah, but people are like, "Hey, Justin, don't think this personal, but the music sucks, and I'm going to another church." But don't take it personal. <laughs> don't take it personal. You're like, "Thanks, <laughs> okay, all right." I mean, thankfully, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just people do that, that kind of stuff, and you're like, and you know, when you're talking about Google reviews, I'm cracking up because what what cracks me up sometimes about Google reviews is like, love the people, great message, great music, two stars. I'm like. Do you know how this works? <laughs> like people just do random stuff like that. But I think that's what people do. It's like we approach it with this. No, they were saying spirit. we are two stars oh, on Boggy oh, Talk, and they got know, confused. That, right? Yes, that's it. That's exactly. <laughs> they thought it was what a multiple meant. choice question. Two. Oh, that's there's right. Two there's two of them. Uh, <laughs> man, that's bad. <laughs> I just think like we we approach things with a critical spirit, and we've yeah. just got to be like, hey, we are here to contribute, and that doesn't mean we like. You know, I think you can with with fighting consumerism, you can run the other way and be like, well, it just is what it is. That doesn't mean that we don't pursue excellence, that we don't continually ask ourselves and evaluate. How do we make this better? How do we improve? Like we've got to be asking those questions, but ultimately providing a specific experience for people is not the calling of the church. That's good. You know, the calling of the church is to make disciples. And so we have to be faithful stewards with what, what God's entrusted us with in light of his vision yeah, for right. the church. And yeah. so that's what it comes back to is like, is just what are we doing to to 
carry that forward. Yeah. I mean, what do can we do re- reactively and proactively? Proactively, worship, grow, serve, yeah. give, all and the, reach. the essentials of being <laughs> yeah. a disciple. Yeah. yeah. Probably yeah. a good idea to like look to the Bible for what it yeah. says. And then I would say reactively, just, you know, evaluate and, yeah, and, and seek the counsel of multitude. There's safety there. And, mm-hmm. you know, just really, you know, I mean, why would we not regularly ask, hey, are we doing what Jesus has called us to do? And mm-hmm. what kind of disciples are we making? Yeah, I would say like a piece of this is to, uh, there's a there's a big difference between evaluation and criticism. Yeah. And I think evaluation is healthy and criticism is there's usually some type of where, you know, like I would say it probably lends itself to be more unhealthy. Uh, and I think evaluation is helpful. Uh, and so what's your quote motive you that? on that every time go. I give performance reviews right. moving forward There's evaluation and criticism and hey Justin I'm coming to you with this because evaluation is healthy that's right no, it just, is it really is kidding. but um and and then contribute and be a part of the solution uh and then as you know as leaders be the you change know, you wish to see in this world yeah, that's right it's that's right as staff but also as just leaders in the church to be constantly like evaluating our own hearts That's and right. our own, our own, we always start with self-evaluation uh, and then, and then just contributing and holding to holding uh, tightly to the things that matter most, like the mission, <laughs> the, the truth of scripture and holding loosely all the other things. It's good. Um, all right. So yeah, we got some doozy questions, so we should probably get on. All right, those. let's do this. Uh, so number one, uh, would you go to an infant baptism? If so, what is the difference between this and a gay wedding? Man, whoever asked this question, I love you and dislike you at the exact same time. Yeah, so that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I know who asked this, but okay, you know who asked that. I don't. I would say, uh, I mean, like, what type of infant is this? Like a Catholic, where it's like this is necessary for salvation, or is this like a covenant infant baptism? I mean, that doesn't really affect the. But there are differences in those the approaches to those types of baptism. Um, I I don't I don't know that I agree with the equivocation of this in a gay wedding uh, because I think. Approaching infant baptism specifically from a covenant theology perspective, um, it's to me that's a difference in interpretation of scripture, uh, and it's not an affirmation of a sinful practice. Uh, So there's a difference, I think. There, Um, yeah, I think I think the point. So so obviously we don't practice infant baptism. We we think it's an error doctrinally, Mm -hmm. Um, and. So if we would go to that, then wouldn't you say the same thing they're saying of like, so we're not, if we're going, even though we disagree with what's happening, mm-hmm. well, then we would go to a gay wedding and we disagree with what's happening. But, but, but I think, I think what you're trying to say, and, and I think, you know, maybe this is a little bold is, is we're saying while we feel very confident in where we stand theologically on immersion baptism and believers baptism in particular after confession, mm-hmm. we recognize that that is debated amongst very yeah, strong, solid exactly. believers. It's orthodoxy. Yeah. Yeah. In orthodoxy yeah. over time. So, you know, I would of a close family, like if I end up having a child, you know, who is Presbyterian, you know, or, or whatever, you know, and they, they do that. And, um, it means a lot to them. I, I would go and support, even though they would know very much where I stand to be the different, yeah. to be different. I think one is unrepentant sin 
and one is a doctrinal error. Yeah, exactly. And, and those are different. Yeah, they are. And You're, I think that's exactly right. But one, there's debate in orthodoxy and, you know, and you could by a very, very thin threaded stretch, like try to argue that there's difference in orthodoxy on gay marriage, but you will not study Christian history and find no, variants no, of opinion no. on this. And so I just think that it is, that's not a matter of orthodox, it's outside of Christian orthodoxy. And so there's the line. Yeah. But I would, I would be there like, man, I wish they weren't doing this. You yeah. know, I mean, I would be <laughs> yeah, feeling yeah, that, you yeah. know, I mean, there's no mm-hmm. doubt about that, but yeah. yeah I mean, and, we, and if somebody wants to have a more conversation about baptism in this issue that I, I mean, we'd be happy to do that. Mm-hmm. You can come to our explore class where we talk about this, yeah. you know, if there you're you considering membership, but, um, so yeah, again, I think I just want to make it very clear. I think the difference is a, is a doctrinal, you know, probably, probably, a, uh, a secondary issue. It yeah. is a secondary issue. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be a member of the same church and probably mm-hmm. have a different stance here, but versus somebody who's an unrepentant. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, anyway. Yep. All right. Next thing. Next question. <laughs> What's the most important marriage advice you would give someone? Yeah. I would say that it's to rem- I mean, one mm. piece, one. I know the most. I mean, the most. I uh, where do you even start? All right. So forgive I forgive others as Christ forgave you. I was that would be my number say, one. Yeah, I would say be humble. Like if you, um, if you can just be humble. That leads to forgiveness, that leads to service, that leads to recognizing your own errors before you're quick to find fault in someone else. If you can just be humble in marriage, um, it will go a long way and solve a lot of problems before their problems. Um, That would be the, I mean, off the top of my head, the most important. I mean, there's tons of, I mean, I'm doing premarital counseling with a couple right now. So there's a tons of, there's tons of things I could say. Yeah. Um, You don't just give one piece of advice, right? (laughs) Here's your one nugget. Be humble. All right. I mean, truthfully, if they would be humble, it would be okay. Yeah. Like if you're just humble. Yeah. Because then, you know, when you are an heir, if you're humble, you're, you, you can own that and you can, you can apologize. You can repent. You, when you're humble, you see the other person's needs is more important than your own. Uh, You recognize your position to serve. Uh, You... Yeah, all those things. Just be humble. Um, I mean, Scripture commands us. Scripture It's one thing people like Chris. Scripture doesn't say pray to be humble. It says be humble. Mm. Like humble, humble yourself, yourself in the sight of the Lord. Check yourself before yeah, you wreck that's yourself. Right. So be humble. Yeah, yeah and just forgive. I mean, forgiveness. Yes, like, goodness, grace. Don't keep score. Yeah, love keeps no record of wrongs. Yeah. Right. Like, Whew. I mean, that doesn't mean you forget it. Yeah, you you, for, you remember and forgive. I mean, that's what marriage is, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. All right. So, good marriage, marriage advice. Speaking of marriage, we're going to go with our Mount Rushmore of marriage books. Yeah. Part um, of this is we had the marriage conference yeah, last weekend, right? Yeah. Or marriage weekend. That there's was great. some great marriage books out there. There are. Uh, and uh, there's also we some. We probably should have so mentioned great. Sean's, the one he co-authored. Oh yeah, that's Oops. right. I, it was available. I you know I haven't read it, so I <laughs> okay, can't endorse yeah, what either. I haven't I know, read. Me either. Um. So I wrote these down. And I got to find uh, where I wrote these down and see if I could, uh, maybe I can just do this off the top of my head. All right. So without writing down and I don't, they're not in order. Uh, the first one, uh, I think the meaning of marriage, Tim Keller is a great book, uh, on marriage. It is super, uh, I mean, man, it's just, it's practical and theological. It's good. So I would highly recommend it. Um, you and Me Forever by Francis Chan and Lisa Chan uh, is a great book, and actually, he that whole book is about being humble. And I remember, like, well, this is pretty simple. It's a, it's basically they say that it's like you can solve so many problems in marriage by being humble. Um, it's a great book, great resource. Um, they seem to really like each other. They do. Like, it's like 
You know, you, you have these like, you watch these you know, authors and they have, they'll have their wife or you know, their spouses on there. And you're like, do they like each other? But they like, they like being around yeah, each other. I feel like They're having older, fun. older books are like, we made it uh, 50 years. How did you make it 50 years? <laughs> well, when, you know, we just spent time together and at our 25th wedding anniversary, you know, uh, <laughs> took her to Hawaii and I'm going to go get her, pick her back up on my 50th. You yeah. know, have you ever heard those like, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I feel like some marriage books are like, we just stuck it out. Yeah. You know? Just, and it's just like, survive. Just survive. Yeah, but they seem you and me. Okay. That's it really two. good. So you got Keller's head and Chan's head with Lisa and Kat, uh, Kathy Keller. Kath- Kathy. Yeah, I think it's Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. Um, also, um, not Say- Helen. Helen. It's not Helen Keller. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Okay. I was about to say. Um, you thought I said hell in, right? I know. Like, I was like, what? Not, I'm, I'm, I'm Yeah, I threw, you off. Uh, I threw you off. I threw you off. No, uh, I threw you off. The next You're one still is recovering. that I am still thinking about <laughs> editing this video. Um, <laughs> the uh, next one is uh, Sacred Marriage. It's going to get Gary Chapman. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That's the whole, like, marriage doesn't exist to make you happy, but that's to make good. you holy. That That's a that's great good. premise to live by. Um because it's true. And then in that holiness, you will experience God's, uh, his joy that he provides, uh, happiness. And then I am blank. I'm going to find it really quickly. Oh, um, I found it. Boundaries in marriage. Okay. Uh, By Townsend. Yeah. I think the boundaries series, they're the the flagship book boundaries. And then there's boundaries in marriage boundaries in, uh, I mean, they wrote that one to six successful. Like, Hey, we could probably write a bunch of these. Um, you just got to figure that out. Yeah. You write one book and And then then you just add that to everything. But it's a, it's a great one. Uh, it is a really good book. I recommend it. I also recommend the the book boundaries and parenting. So do you think since boggy talk has been such a hit, we can like, Use that boggy, boggy, like, other like, boggy life, boggy, boggy marriage. Life. That's our next Wait, book. Boggy life is a thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is a boggy thing. marriage. Ooh, boggy marriage. Boggy All right. marriage. Yeah. Okay. So mine would be meaning a marriage by Tim Keller. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, man, from a theological, philosophical yeah. standpoint, it helps you understand so much about marriage that marriage doesn't create your weaknesses; it reveals yeah. them. Mm-hmm. That's been impacting on me in a great way. Um, Love and respect by Emmerich. That's a good. Yeah. It's just. Taking the scriptural principles, fleshing that out, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I just and it's really influenced a lot of other marriage books right, over the has, years. Yeah. Uh, so it's really valuable. I have to go with his needs, I her needs by him. Harley, uh, just because. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's so practical mm-hmm. and and valuable, um, and you know the. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I guess I would say Men the five are from Mars, women are from Venus. That's no, not your no. <laughs> I, I mean, a lot. I guess I would say the love languages uh, yeah, by uh, Chapman. Is, is that it's by a Chapman? different Chapman? I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting Gary Thomas is one and Gary Chapman. Now I'm totally getting them. It's Gary right. Chapman is the yeah. love language. Yeah. I, th- I think he may have done both. But anyway, maybe not. No, no. Um, Gary Thomas is sacred Thomas marriage. Sacred I said marriage. his name okay, wrong. Okay, yeah. Go. Gary Chapman. Uh, because, you know, I think, and then he gets into like a fair proof, like the love bank, the concept mm-hmm. of the love bank. And I think it's just very practical, very valuable. So those two, the last two are more like, hey, these are practical. And the first two are more like, these are philosophical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And so, hey, if you've got a book that or a resource that's been great for you and your man, we'd love to know about it or hear about we it. Would. Maybe it's something yeah. we just have forgotten about or don't know about. So that'd be good. Thanks for tuning in and we'll <laughs> see you next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.